0: It's your boy Joe Jackson. I'm back with a quick little video. Listen, if you try trying to lose weight and you're really trying to lose weight, them project salads is not going to cut it. Bitch, I done seen hoes that got salads with ham, turkey, bacon, bitch, 17 motherfucking eggs, bitch, neck bone meat, chopped up piece of pork chopped meat. Bitch, you're not going to lose no weight eating that. Welcome to a complicatedly
1: misunderstood hour, a CO and the doctor production. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the CMH episode 12. Time versus energy is a title. Um, it's an accountability episode, man. You'll see. <laughs> Hence me starting with that uh, little video, that quick little clip about Project Salads, and uh, first off, it's just funny. It's just funny because I remember the Project Salads, man. My aunt used to whip up Project Salads. <laughs> And sell them joints. And so I've seen them at their finest. Uh, We've all probably bought a project salad. But I'm saying that because here I am with these goals. I'm trying to lose this weight. I'm trying to get back into shape. And uh, just today, look, I I packed the lunch. And that shit seemed boring about 1030. Called for the food truck. Food truck didn't show up. Wifey gonna yell at me. So (laughs) end up going to the BX. Which is like our little base exchange, you know, on military or whatnot. So that's like our little uh, base shop shopping area, I guess. So they got food court too. End up getting the old Charlie's. Didn't even know they had this thing called old school, which is basically like a, a Philly cheese with whiz. And I threw that shit on the fries. I, th- <laughs> I threw that shit on everything. Smashed it. End up getting a belly ache felt like instantly i was bloated pants was tight again i was like bro like why you keep doing this to yourself you keep saying what you're trying to do what you want to do then you find yourself (laughs) not able to contain yourself and then you just go off the fucking deep end and and so bitch you ain't gonna lose no weight eating project salads (laughs) so just mindfulness to to remain accountable man So we got to recap, right? So maybe I'll start uh, recapping certain things, man. But, I mean, y'all remember just recently we were talking about Ye, talking about how his rhetoric was getting a little bit wilder. Um, There's two sides to every story we get. Every outlet that allows him the opportunity has given him the opportunity in some capacity to come on and say what he's going to say. Some of them have to, like, buffer it. Some of them even have to take – you know, the action that's, you know what, we're going to go ahead and remove this, hence his Drink Champs interview. Um, but like I've said now for two weeks on this show, sometimes you got to fuck around and find out. And I feel like, though maybe this is not even something that he's even contemplating or thinking about or even giving a shit about right now, he's finding out that some of the stuff that he's saying or has said already it's not gonna put him in a place of just, hey, I'm able to speak my mind freely and there's no consequence. So, dig. Here we go. And just got back from vacation. The thing about it, me and Adidas, it's like, I could literally say
0: anti Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what?
1: Adidas is ending its partnership with Kanye West. The German sneaker giant says it does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bro, how in the hell were you that confident to think that your partners, and I was just talking to this, I was just talking to a friend um, about this, and she was giving her insight, and I was like, Are we really attacking a black man if we're really just calling ignorance, ignorance? So see, there's two sides to every story. There's a lot of outlets. There's a lot of individuals who are just going straight for Kanye's head. Just the man himself. And they attack, you know, his music. They attack his style. They attack everything and say, you know, well, I don't really like this. I don't really like that. You know, he been off the rocker, yada yada yada. And and that's, I mean, as people, that's what we do, right? So, is it right, wrong, and different? Who am I? I'm not the judge. You're an executioner. But where I'm coming from is, you got to realize, man, like you 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 have attached yourself to a number of different organizations, companies individuals and in a lot of ways what you say because we have a some type of partnership or some type of networking or connection affects me and a certain negative light so what have we seen almost immediately all of his big big partnerships are starting to fold on themselves adidas gap uh hell good music was dropped from um Def Jam uh two of his athletes prominent athletes uh Aaron Donald and um the buddy the basketball player from Boston um Jalen sorry I can't call his last name right now I'm getting old but anyway he's (coughs) they stepped away from Donda sports like people endorse you People have embraced you. People have been glad to have you as part of their business mindset, their business mantra, just the output that is business. You have been known over the last few years to be a genius in that lane. And so people have worked with you. But then you say stuff like this, you're going to automatically erode certain partnerships, certain friendships. And perhaps maybe that's what you're trying to do. Perhaps you're trying to get your point across in a way that you felt that you were going to make some noise and make people uncomfortable. And then whatever your mission statement was, whatever your goal was, all of that would come to light. And that very well may have been true to an extent. But when you say and do things like you've said and done, it's going to be hard for people to overlook that. And and yet you're going to be affected and most likely it's going to be a negative impact. And here we go. So I'm definitely not kicking a man while he's down. There's people that are laughing and making memes about him falling off Forbes list as a billionaire and stuff like that. That's not me. I never want to kick somebody when they're down. But to me, this is a life-learning lesson. And I, and I hate that you have to be that precautionary tail. And sometimes people look for those precautionary tails to not make the same mistakes. But, man, you... <laughs> I don't know. There, perhaps there's a lot of things that he's dealing with that he does not know how to express in a positive light. And so this is a form of venting. He's been on the record many times of saying like his mental health has caused him, you know, a number of different problems, issues, breakdowns. Uh, it's it's caused issues in family relationships, partnerships. These are his words, not mine. But I feel like sometimes his followers or people that support him forget that these these have been his open action statements before. And then at this moment, it's like nobody wants to reflect on the fact that when people say perhaps maybe he's have he's missed another one of those or he's missed a whole other level of one of those. Somebody should really look to help him. It's not it's freedom of speech and he's standing up for what he believes in. And all these other things. And two things can very well be true. But what is the outcome? Like it's a whole hurricane yay. You know, thunderstorm yay going on right now. And it's, it's sad to see, man, because again, he is a prominent, well-known individual. And we know that you can weaponize certain things. And in a lot of ways, he has given the wrong people like a silent endorsement. meaning people are using him now as the reason for things that they always felt. Well, Kanye said it. Kanye doing it. Why not? Nah. I don't care who you are. Wrong is wrong. And so when you can just publicly say what he just said on that Drink Champs interview, loud, proud, and without any type of fucking haste or doubt that anything's going to happen to you, sometimes you got to fuck around and find out. And I felt like now he's fucking around and finding out but that's neither here or there man because ultimately this is his life it's just that i feel like nobody really wants to talk about the deeper side of things and one thing that i've been hearing and combating and maybe i've only been really combating this on a one-on-one basis like if, it's, if it happens and we're talking about it right then I'm not going to social media social media makes shit way worse (laughs) exacerbates problems way way more than they have to be but people say well nobody reacted like this in the in the black community really or for the black community really when he was like slavery was a choice people were not at that point companies you know unfriending him from their business practices so why is it now that it's happening because he's definitely seemingly targeting Jewish people? You know what? You make a point. But with that said as well, seemingly in that brief <laughs> lap lapse of judgment when he said <coughs> slavery was a choice, there was also someone in that room who put him in his place. Kanye went silent. He looked a certain way. It was almost as if a light was going off when that TMZ reporter was laying into him and giving him his thoughts on how dangerous his speech was. And like I said on this podcast before, immediately it seemed as if Kanye realized, oh, shit, I said the wrong thing. He said an apology. I'm not here to judge apologies and say this, that, or the other when it comes to it. But at least he gave apology. He admitted that he had said something that he shouldn't have, and that was kind of that. Now, the outcome of that, as far as other companies doing this, that, and the other, perhaps maybe that was not even a thought. Or at least if it was, I don't remember it, and it wasn't like a public thought. And right away, seemingly, people were back to listening to his music, definitely buying his brand, supporting him, and those type of things. But sometimes we realize, like, it doesn't always look the same when it doesn't look the same. So what I mean, it's like we can abuse each other, whether that's verbally, physically, emotionally, talking black on black and move forward, even though you still might not agree with what was said or done and nothing on a global scale is impacted. But when you say that about other cultures, other races, other religions, other, you name it. And oh, by the way, you're black you're probably going to catch hell for it. That's just the world we live in. That's just the way things work. I honestly, humbly believe that there is, you know, this this bigger government, so to speak, that can control and network things and change the scope of things in a snap of a finger. And when you go to upsetting those folks, oh, man, perhaps you'll never understand the levels that they would go to to end you knock you off your throne destroy you all and people have talked about this before like this is not new dave chappelle has talked about it martin lawrence has talked about it and so maybe that's who now he has offended or affected or messed up their business practices and guess what they're just not gonna have it so when it comes to kanye down to sports adidas gap uh good music via def jam and seemingly new ones and more are just constant Balenciaga, i read that they're breaking partnerships like everybody's just kind of moving away from them and this is going to be a sad moment for him especially after his divorce and how ugly that was and everything that was going on with that it's just a lot going on in his life, man. So he really, I would really hope that, you know, he's able to fall back on his religion, maybe go off, you know, the radar for a little bit, (sighs) take some time for himself, get away from microphones, because it seemed like now people can't wait to put one in front of him just so he can say something else and turn it into something else. Perhaps maybe it's just time for him to take a step back, relax a little bit and try to regroup man so prayers to yay despite how you feel prayers to yay all right man so let's jump into this rabbit hole (laughs) so listen uh you know (laughs) a few months back we witnessed genuine pop on stage do some dance moves he was trying to move like it was still 96 <laughs> you know what i mean it's definitely 2022 so that's about 30 years ago um and uh yeah you know the little move he did it was more funny <laughs> or cute if you're maybe a lady and you thought it was something um but it was definitely a little joke that uh you know the culture was able to grab upon grab a hold to and and and, and rock with for a minute right Uh, but if that wasn't enough, check out your boy Maxwell, Maxwell, the stallion, like, wait a minute, my boy, (laughs) if you haven't seen Maxwell's video of him in concert when no kidding, man, like he doing moves. I appreciate the boy. If that's what he's able to do, I, my knees, first off, that ain't my skilo. I ain't even going to do no moves like that. But the boy, (laughs) the boy moving like he in one of these videos that you might catch on, you know, BET Uncut. He doing all kind of popping, dropping low, rocking side to side. I mean, I don't know what part part of his songs even have that type of choreography from what I can remember. But (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't know, man, it's wild. It's like if you've seen that Drake meme where he's like, very passionate looks like he's screaming or something or or like really yelling into the mic and like the meme says there's not a single drake song where he should be doing this i can't think of a single maxwell song where he should be doing that but hey (laughs) it's your world maxwell the the stallion that challenge if that's what you're trying to do uh i don't know how well that's gonna go over man i don't know too many cats especially my age who's trying to do anything like that but it's just wild man so genuine and maxwell out here with their dance moves and they mid 40s maybe even early 50s they gotta chill bro that's all i can say about that let's talk about uh reboots and when people run out of ideas they seemingly just have to go and redo something yes if you haven't heard house party which is my wife's favorite favorite movie trust me when i tell you we have watched house party together way more times than i care to count but you know what it's a cult classic and even though i never learned to do that those dances and i still can't do them to this day (laughs) but i still try I will always watch that because it reminds me of my childhood. So, there's three, four, four house parties. I think there's definitely a true three with Kid and Play. And then I think they, they kind of did a spin off of four. Don't quote me on that. But there's definitely three that are memorable. And then, of course, you got Class Act. So, they had that little moment where they were making movies, talking Kid and Play. <sighs> well, it was just. <laughs> Announced maybe a couple weeks ago that they are now making a new house party. I can't remember the actors. I see their faces. Uh, I don't follow them. I don't. I know some of the movies they are in, but again, I don't know them by name. But they're making a house party in which it takes place in LeBron James' house. Apparently, Kid and Play actually has a cameo. LeBron will have a cameo. <sighs> I don't know what any of this is going to be, honestly. I'm trying to be optimistic versus being pessimistic. (laughs) But sometimes there's just certain shit you're not supposed to touch. You're just not supposed to fuck with it, right? Like, I mean, do anything you want. Make anything you want. But there's just certain things you're not supposed to touch. And we never know the reasons why people touch it. Perhaps maybe it's a uh, quick money grab for the writers or the or the owners of the original and they just you know need to kind of get a couple bills paid i know that's happened before uh especially when people like sell off their you know masters and shit when it comes to music it might be in a bad spot so it's like hey take this do whatever you want with it you know sample it do whatever um but in this situation when that movie is so i'm gonna say it so important to the culture if this is a fucking miss, like a complete air ball, bruh, that's going to be unfortunate. Sure, people will be upset. Rotten Tomatoes will probably go apeshit. <laughs> Fandago will probably give it one, one star, one thumb, whatever their rating system is. But more importantly, you blemish something. You know, like, and there's things that are now becoming somewhat of a classic or cult classic. <laughs> that are much younger than The House Parties or all those other movies from the 80s and 90s. Hell, right right off the top, I can think of Drumline. Have you seen Drumline, too? Shit. Hell, I could talk about, uh, what's the one with Columbus Short? Stomp the Yard. Have you seen Stomp the Yard, too? Shit. (laughs) Like, so what I'm getting at is, oh, i take another one oh my god this was miserable so we all remember i got the hookup already super low budget a hood made movie by master p and his whole team back in the mid 90s but it was still something that we watched we liked it we loved it have you seen i got the hookup part two shit (laughs) so ultimately what i'm getting at is stop making shit like to me that's not okay Pick something else, do something else, leave these movies that we have grown up on, we cherish. They make us feel certain things because they're nostalgic. They, they bring memories. Hell, House Party 2 was the pajama jam and people still throw pajama jams. Like you can't touch that. Leave that shit alone. So what I'm saying, if this is mildly successful and then this, this becomes a new line of House parties. Though it may be making money, though it's backed and sponsored by people who are of the culture and important, the LeBron James of the world, it's still detrimental to the community. <laughs> just my thoughts. Okay, sticking with the rodeo still, but something is very wild, man, like you know, and maybe I should do a better job, honestly. this is on me. Maybe I should do a better job of finding rodeo material that has substance. I usually pick stuff that's lighthearted and funny and we can laugh and joke before we get into a deep talk. But this one came across me and I was like, well wait a minute. Okay? So let me this is uh a bunch of slides that I'm gonna end up reading and then we're gonna talk it through. So we all know that blackface is not something we like to fuck with. Period. It's been insulting to the culture for way too long You can go back to the minstrel show and how they just, you know, always projected or depicted, that's a better word, black people in a certain light, ignorant, stupid, funny looking, uh, you name it. And so little did I know, a certain experiment happened in the 50s. Okay. So a white man became black during the 50s. 39-year-old John Griffin had previously served in the US military. Shrapnel caused him to go temporarily blind. In 1959, Griffin would do something even more trying. He would live for six weeks as a black man in the South. It was his blindness that inspired John Howard Griffin, a white author and journalist from Dallas, Texas, to write about color in the United States. In 1956, Griffin, blind, at the time, sat in on a panel, discussing, a panel discussion in Mansfield, Texas, about desegregation. He was unable to tell the speakers' races from their voices, so then Griffin began to see color in a different light. Under the supervision of a New Orleans-based dermatologist, Griffin would spend a week under a sun lamp for nearly 15 hours a day, soaking up UV rays. He would also take oxyrolin, there you go, a prescription drug meant to treat vitiligo, which would aid in expediting the darkening of his skin. So with darker skin and a shaved head and arms, Griffin set out to the American South. He started in New Orleans and ended in Atlanta, Georgia. Griffin had a few rules for this journey. Namely, he would stay at Black, only hotels, eat at cafes run by African-Americans, and travel with African-Americans. If anyone asked him what he was doing, he would be honest. That's the key part, he would be honest. Just as skin color changed, so did the treatment he received from others, describing what he called a hate stare he received in a bus station lobby. Griffin wrote this, I walked up to the ticket counter when the the lady ticket seller saw me. Her otherwise attractive face turned sour and violent. This look was so in, so unexpected and so unprovoked. I was taken aback. She would go on to say, what do you want? She snapped. Taking care to pitch my voice to politeness, I asked about the next bus to Hattiesburg. She answered rudely and, and glared at me with, such loathing, I knew I was receiving what the Negroes called the hate stare. It was my first experience with it. It's far more than the look of disapproval one occasionally gets. This was so exaggerately hateful, I would have been amused if I had not been so surprised. In John Griffin's bro- book called Black Like Me, He talks about his entire experience over those six weeks. The book was published in 61 and was later translated into 14 languages and a film. The harrowing stories within its pages coupled with Griffin's own transformation. Generated strong, if not polarizing, public responses. So normally something like this becomes complicated or completely misunderstood. But this is rodeo material for me. Yes, the question is, how would you feel if somebody went undercover as a black person to then write a book about being undercover as a black person? I guess the point would be, what are you trying to, A, prove that we don't already know as black people, and whatever, you know, your research yields, what would you do with that to potentially make a change? I guess the whole idea behind... Why people do what they do normally in a situation dealing with blackface, it comes from a place of disrespect, uh, definitely anger and frustration as we see it. And they, you know, put us in a light that most of us are not. And it furthers, you know, the narrative when it comes to racist behaviors and that type of thing. But I guess in a situation like this, now, and again, this was the 1960s. I'm just looking at it in modern day. Is this something that anybody would support? You know, what, what would, again, like I said, what would come of it that we don't already know? I guess it's two sides to that story. Perhaps for, and, and, and I'm taking this from a very loose place and a very light place, but this man was temporarily blind. And perhaps he seen or understood what it was to be treated, you know, as a white man. And now that he couldn't see. That also opened his mind to maybe I have never even taken a look or thought about what black people go through. So hence the idea for the experiment, I have no idea what actually drove it. But I thought that was very interesting as a historical type lesson. Now. You know, you can only hope that somebody does that with the right, I guess, basis, right? With the, the right moral compass, I guess you can say it that way. But even still, you can't help but to feel somewhat offensive because if I'm telling you this, as I'm sure people around him had told him or maybe his experiences in the military even showed him. What more do you need to see for yourself? There's a lot that can be taken from this, both positive and negative. But the more you read, (laughs) the more you become intrigued. And so, you know, I actually seen a video and I watched a little bit of the video and, you know, I have not, you know, went as far as actually going to try to find the book or order it myself. But I was just wondering, like, man, what's your guys' thoughts on that? it's deep it has perhaps maybe a certain perspective of understanding to it it has a level of offensiveness to it it has a level of confusion to it too (laughs) if you look at it that way um but again who knows the intent of this man better than themselves And I can only hope and wish that it was done with the right mindset and the right purpose, but even still. Sometimes, unfortunately, despite what we may say and or do, people must find out things their own self and try to live our life or be a part of what we see every day. And they still may not ever get it. Just because this lady was now aggressive to you, in a sense, that's her natural action or reaction to somebody who is African American. You can see that when she's being aggressive and you're very much white skinned with both of your eyes when you're not temporarily temporarily blind either. So again, what did you learn? I'm talking like this man is in the room, but if he ever was and I ever had an opportunity to speak to somebody that knew him or it was actually him, this would probably be my questions. Not to be hostile. Not to be combative, but just to try to understand. So that's the rodeo for this week, man. Um, So moving on, because, boy, I got to stay on time. Last week, man, I was way over the radar. I apologize. It's the complicatedly misunderstood hour, (laughs) not the hour and a half, not the almost two hours, and, and my bad. I got on one of them real deep conversations with you guys by myself last week breaking down my relationships with all of my children and my thoughts about you know being somewhat disappointed and also not having the right mindset of what I what it is to know them versus what it is I'm trying to show them and uh yeah you know you know how that can go whether you're having a conversation with a friend a family member or hell you got your own podcast sometimes you can really get on one and in your words just take off and that's what that was last week so i apologize but we're gonna rock and stay within an hour this week that i can promise you and what i'm gonna also try to do starting this week here in about 15 to 20 seconds <laughs> is formalize the show it's the complicatedly misunderstood hour hence when i get to complicated or completely misunderstood that needs to be my main topic So this week, it is my main topic. So like I said in the beginning, time and energy, right? So there's two things I wanna play, and then we're gonna walk through both. So I'll begin with this. Um, And this is something I feel like is probably misconstrued with a lot of people. But when you can hear something in a different light, you immediately see where you've missed the boat. So here we go.
0: With his wife, And she said to him, I wish we spent more time together. And he said, what do you mean? We just went on vacation together. And she was talking to me and she said, but he was on his iPad or reading his book the whole time. So we didn't have any time together. I said, no, 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 you're not looking for time. You're asking for energy. And the problem is our vocabulary says you don't give me enough time. But really what we should be saying is I don't feel your presence. I don't feel your energy.
1: Now that's deep. That's deep in a lot of ways. Um, You know, I'm not into chakras as big as some people. Uh, my lady's into chakra. My sister's into chakra. Um, I know a little something, but I don't know a lot of nothing. And the energy around you is something that I'm learning is probably more important at times than the substance you put in your body, meaning what you eat and drink and what i mean is as you as you gravitate to your best self you often forget the parts of you you are trying to better and so what do i mean by that basically we we vision board things we manifest things and we attack those things because we feel like that's what's going to give us the better version of ourselves. Some people are very faithful. They prey on things. They ask God to show them things. And these things become life markers. Like you're almost waiting for them to happen. You're almost waiting for them to just, you know, somewhat come to fruition in your life. But what we rarely do is think about the forces around us that could be Inhibiting them, blocking them, keeping them at a distance, keeping them at bay. You see, the energy that we're searching for from people, investment, uh, encouragement, celebration, respect, gratitude. We sometimes overlook the people, or sorry, I'm sorry, we, we sometimes overlook. The feeling we're looking for because of the people. Well, that's my brother. Well, that's my sister. Well, this is my wife. Well, that's been my best friend since college or even, you know, beyond that, even when we were children. That's my this. That's my that. And we almost give these people a pass because these are the people that are supposed to be in our life because of a certain title, a certain relationship placeholder. And we'll never reach (laughs) those manifestations, those vision board goals, because they don't pour the energy into us. Just like what he was talking about. You know, sometimes we say we need support. Sometimes we say we need more time, but that might just be a portion of vocabulary that's spoken. And we don't know how to explain what we need. We all have sat next to somebody, our partner, um, our husband, wife, best friend wherever been in a conversation whatever and you're like damn like I don't feel like I used to feel about that person I don't see them in the same like light I saw them in two years ago then something that's kind of cliche to say is oh you know well we've grown apart or you know this is growth when you when you explore and find these things I'm not denying that But sometimes you just put up with what it is (laughs) because you don't know how to let go. Because letting go becomes judgment. Now you're the one that's moving different. Now you're the one that's bougie. Now you're the one that's acting funny. You're the one that thinks you're the person that is better than everybody now because you got growth. Mario talked about this on an amazing podcast way too, uh, way in depth, way more in depth than I'm going to go. But that time versus energy thing became something that I had to really like focus on this week because I think that sometimes we invest in vacations. We invest in getaways. We invest in, um, a new experience for your significant other or a new experience with the kids or a new experience with whomever expecting that energy or that feeling to change about how you are or when you are around that person like you like, alright. if I do this differently if I start adding these things into the equation then I won't feel like this person isn't for me anymore I won't feel like this person and I have outgrown each other because I'm just trying new things I'm trying to be happy I'm trying to make us you know smile again and laugh again and a lot of times unfortunately people burn out like candles your favorite scented candle only lasts for so long But you can keep that candle in your life for however long you want, depending on how much you burn it. So if you're around this person every day, you're living your life with this person every day, you're burning that energy every day. At some point, if that person's not meant to be there anymore, their energy for you and your energy for them, it burns out. And hence, it's time to get a new candle. But what we usually do is keep that candle Almost seemingly forever because we only burn it so often. It's our favorite candle, remember? So I want to use this on occasions. Taking my bath, cleaning the house. Oh, it's a good day to vibe. Let me turn on my, you know, R&B music or whatever might have you. My neo soul, light my candle and feel good about life. That's how we're treating that person. (laughs) But the other six days of the week, if we're only using that one day as an experience, we don't use the candle. And that energy that it gives us this positive ain't there. But we keep it around forever. Years and years at times. So, are we potentially wasting time? And we're definitely not getting fulfilled with energy. So when you look at time versus energy, in situations when it comes to relationships and where you are and why you feel the way you feel, good, bad, or indifferent, what is the balance of those two things? Now, to me (laughs) that was always way more completely understood than complicated it's just that I basically misused the terms and only looked at their terms only looked at those terms in the Webster's Dictionary version of them so I completely missed that conversation I guess You know and so yeah it was always like oh i need more time i never really focused on the energy present by a certain person is no longer vibing with me so perhaps maybe it's time for me to to move on or 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 search out you know something else instead it's just ah that's my boy that's the homie we different now i moved away because i'm in the military you know they're still there perhaps maybe that's what it is or whatever but nah that's really the truth I completely missed it I completely misunderstood it but now I'm here to understand it and now I know what to do about it but moving into another lane still very much uh thinking about who you surround yourself with but give this a listen
0: people say, you know, this is my year, where I'm going to only be where I'm celebrated. And the reality is, it's a little dangerous because thinking that everywhere you go, people are going to celebrate you. It's just not the case. If, if you're walking with God for real, for real you're probably going to be hated. You're probably going to be talked about. If you're doing anything that's really dope or special, people are going to talk about you. If you're trying, people are going to talk about you. I can't tell people go where you're celebrated, but I can say when it comes to the people you're going to do life with, make sure they celebrate you make sure they have capacity to celebrate you, but then also recognize that they need grace. There are people who it seems like God has called them to love you. God has called them to be in your life. And then sometimes we try to force these connections. We really need to go back to the drawing board and ask God, okay, God, what was this person's role supposed to be in my life? So that way I don't put someone where they weren't called to be and then be mad at them when they can't show up for me the way I wanted them to the balance
1: now that one for me is a bit complicated you know because in all honesty the value system that you have and the morality that you have sometimes normally equate the people that are around you especially as you grow older when you're young you just kind of want to be a a crowd whether that's just you want to be popular you want to be seen you want to be known so you're not really checking for going back to the last segment energies or connections or whatever usually <laughs> in a crowd of 10 or 12 it's like onesie twosies like me and him we straight and then that one and that one they straighten so it's it's a it's a posse formed by a bunch of little clicks so when this man is sitting here talking about you know asking god if these are the people that you're supposed to be you know sharing life with normally and I'm just using me here that was maybe a conversation on one or two occasions the times I got married I can't sit here and say like I broke down friendships I, I broke down brotherhoods on a whether or not these are the people I'm supposed to be moving with in a lot of different ways in a lot of different capacities I'm a miss A number of small groups some of the small groups kind of like you know co-mingle and there's a few people that are in both but for the most part you know they're pretty separate and being a member of a number of different groups never once have I ever put that in a conversation of who is more important what you find yourself doing is understanding who you talk to about certain things but i've never been in a place where i'm like well yeah i rock with them way before i rock with them and i'll hit these this group up when i want to do this but hit that group up when i want to do that i'm more the person who's like i hit them all up <laughs> and see who want to do what and when it all shakes out you know you might have three from this group and three from that group and three from that group and we're just gonna see how it lands Because to me I feel like I've always been a person That just brings people together I've always been a person who's been able to just be Amongst the many And just network and tie people together Um, And I pride myself on that So the struggle of being celebrated I guess sometimes you could think about Well who's rooting for you Or in the words of Adrian Who's supporting a homie But beyond that what is another level of celebration i'm thinking about because in a lot of ways i don't necessarily need to be the person that's this like highly publicized or highly talented and hey yo did you know that boy Clyde wrote two books bro that's dope hey yo you know that boy clive been a part of four podcast that's dope oh you know that boy just got promoted Man, the dude doing it in a lot of ways that's not who i fathom to be so when he's talking about celebrating Immediately, my mind goes there like, well, yeah, you're going to have people who know you. They know you on a certain level and they go and do that. But outside of that, what is another way that you want to be celebrated? Don't think that I ever really even thought about it or gave it enough time to even matter to me. But again, age brings a certain amount of growth. Sometimes it brings wisdom. It definitely brings um, validation. And you look for small things. You look for minor wins. You look for people to just be unapologetically them. You could celebrate me by not overcompensating for something I've done. You could celebrate me by a few simple words. That's dope. I'm glad you've seen that through keep doing that but a lot of times in life we're looking for the confetti we're looking for the balloon so to speak (laughs) uh what people say these days got to get people their flowers and i find that that's what actually in a lot of ways divides people you know like jealousy and envy both talked about in a way in the bible always led to something darker Somebody ends up killing somebody, taking somebody's wife. Uh, Cain killed Abel, like whatever, right? And in modern day, that still varies true. You know, sometimes it leads to that. But when people are functioning amongst each other and trying to live civilly, right, the jealousy becomes silence. The jealousy becomes somebody not responding to a text message because they're tired of seeing you tell them things that they're not doing the jealousy becomes somebody like not checking in because the success that you show on your social media post gives me all the check-in I need and then people wonder well why is that person standoffish why did that person become distant why did that person become x y and z and this and this And a lot of things that are taken personally on their behalf is something that you completely, right? Going back to that, completely misunderstood. It wasn't like you were purposely tagging them. It wasn't like you were purposely like, look at me, I'm showing you something. It wasn't purposely look like you like, hey, look, I'm moving this way. I'm doing this. This big thing happened for me. You were just expressing yourself in the mindset of who is celebrating me thinking that these are the people that would celebrate you, so you tell your good deeds. You tell your story. You let them know what's going on. Meanwhile, again, like Mario talked about on his podcast, they're not ready for that. They're not ready to accept that. They're your friend because at one point we were (laughs) same-same. They're your friend because maybe at one point they were doing a little bit better than you. They're your friend because what they don't see, they don't know. And what they know is what they remember or what you show. And so if they can always validate or value what they see and they seem like, oh, well, we're equal or I'm actually doing a little bit better. That's my homie. But as soon as you outshine them, move the sticks a little bit, (laughs) go up a floor or two on the elevator, that shit change. And it's innately inside of people. You know, I feel like you will have to be around a bunch of very humble human beings that in the most part, that for the most part, I mean, are in the same kind of like capacity in life when it comes to education, when it comes to wealth, um, ownership, um, you name it, social status, to be able to move in a carefree, we all good in this room vibe because if there was the typical one two who were outshining everybody and a bunch of people who still working hard blue collar you know I don't say barely making it but they're making it but they ain't like really living 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 that room would never in my opinion be steady because somebody's always looking to the left or right or looking up at what somebody else is doing and what they have and then not feeling as if they are validated enough to be in the same space and so they take that out on that person by treating them differently or acting differently when the issue is within but they stay around here's the here's the conundrum they stay around because maybe they are trying to steal some gems i.e. get knowledge maybe they do like that social status when it counts for something to them i.e. we out in the club and we showing off and shining and this and that. So, yeah, I want to be around there today. But just in the normal group chat and it's like, yo, man, I just did this. I just closed another deal. I just made another business move I'm doing here and I still got a regular 95 where I'm making a median salary and I'm wondering why I'm not on that same level. People probably don't feel good. Now, is it the person that we're supposed to be celebrating's job to make them feel a certain way? I would say no Is it it on them (laughs) To dilute themselves To not have somebody else Feel another way Especially if they're not trying to flaunt it I would say no But should you Going back to energy Understand the pulse Of the people around you To be able to make these Decisions Or be able to calculate these equations and understand these individuals around you without having to go through all of the jealousy hate and envy i would then say yes you got to know the room you got to know the audience if you're a person who's not looking for a handout i.e i want to work and grind on my own i don't respect you because you got it to then just fucking Flood my life with your wealth and your fat and your status and your fame, but some people do. And so you go back to that energy. Who's supposed to be around you? Who's supposed to celebrate you? That's why this shit is complicated. Cause who's evaluating this shit almost on a day-to-day basis? If you've been riding with the same people since you was a kid, and You've taken off and, you know, maybe you have helped them in ways, right? I'm not talking LeBron and his crew where he turned Maverick into, you know, his business partner and everybody has a stake in the company type thing. Not that, but I'm just saying, you know, you kind of outshined your crew. (laughs) At what point would you just naturally think without something happening that was a catastrophe? when would you just naturally think you need to reevaluate the people you've been around your whole life probably never but you might feel like damn some shit ain't right no more we don't vibe like we did we don't laugh and joke and it doesn't seem that it's forced now or it seems that we we don't laugh and joke like we did so now it seems like it's forced we don't naturally just want to kick it and hang out and not talk about shit no more we don't naturally just want to like fucking take a guy's trip and just be fucking what we were before we had kids wives and success we don't want to do that no more why is that unless something catastrophic happened and there was a big fallout you're probably not evaluating that, like i just said and so that's why this part is complicated (laughs) knowing who's supposed to celebrate you is something that in the back of your mind you're probably not thinking about when you wake up you're probably wondering why if you if you host a podcast and you only got X amount of listens and not enough shares, is it my people that's not doing that? Or if it is my people, why are they why are they doing that? That's something you probably don't think about. But then if you're only thinking about celebration, those are the first people you target. <laughs> and they could be in your corner, they couldn't be in your corner. But either way, you would just expect them to be a certain thing because y'all got a certain history. And then that energy tells you, that ain't that no more. And you got all this time, so that keeps you at bay. And all that shit starts to just come together into one big melting pot of confusion, frustration, unhappiness. And then that leads to trust issues, loyalty, fucking conversations. And then you just feel as if everybody is not who they once were. And that could include you. And so here I am dropping <laughs> knowledge about things that I now think about, not in a way to I need to clean house, but just in a way where perhaps at certain times, the issues that I was having when I was having them with people was a time versus energy problem. Or perhaps it was a problem of what, I, what it was to be celebrated versus what it isn't, in my opinion, to be celebrated. Or perhaps it was just a problem of i'm not in a place that i want to be but somebody else is and i don't know how to accept that i'm not in that place not that i'm upset for them but why are they where they are and i'm not quite where i want to be it's a conundrum as i said before and it's a wild place to be and sometimes it's completely misunderstood and sometimes it's complicatedly misunderstood but it's something that we all need to evaluate Thank you for your time. You know where to find me uh, Facebook, Instagram for the most part now. When it comes to streaming, every single place you can name, I'm probably there. Um, so keep supporting, keep pushing the message. I'm still working on branding CMH as its own thing. Very much a CEO and a doctor production. Got a couple other things that I'm trying to make happen, will be a CEO and a doctor production. Though my partner in crime isn't with me, he's still in my heart, and we still got way more work to do as CO and the doctor. But right now, it's just time for me to stay in this lane, this CO lane, while I'm working this complicatedly misunderstood hour. So, to the next one. Y'all take care, be easy, thanks for the listen.
0: Like, if I ain't creating nothing, I don't feel good. You know, so, at a certain point, you got to feed yourself, and sometimes you can't feed on mimicking, but you got to put the time in to figure out who you are and what you are, what you not, too. A lot of times, what you not is very important, you know? Because you can want to be something, but your strength is actually in something else. That is what makes you start to do your own thing, and that's when your skin starts to breathe and you start to, like, get into your primal self, you know? And your prime itself is the best contribution to the planet.